0: Hi, I'm Laura Allen and I'm Liv Austin and between us we are a songwriter, actor, singer, producer and the hosts of My Amazing Mess, a podcast where we talk to creatives who are right in the middle of developing their own unique careers.
1: They are totally honest with us about what it takes to pursue their dream job, the exciting highs, the disheartening lows and the amazing mess that is everything in between. Today, we were, I feel like actually you should introduce this guest, Liv.
0: You think so? Yeah. Yeah, this was an interesting one for me. My partner in crime and my partner in life, John Wright, who is a session musician. He's a guitarist and he plays a lot live and he does uh, sessions in our studio, which we have in our house. And uh, he's also a producer and he was my producer on my album. So that's quite interesting to kind of hear him talk about. process from his side of things
1: yeah it's always interesting for me and hopefully any listeners that are finding out about a career that isn't what they do day to day and it was really yeah really interesting to number one just just hear about what what it is like to pursue a career in in music and session especially session um music and production and also to find out about someone that is you know is a, a friend as well and and it's been one of those ones where you kind of find out so much more than i realized i knew about what's you
0: know what inspired john to Pursue it. Again, I'm finding there are similarities between all our guests. And I think one of the things that it was very clear when we talked to John just now that he doesn't really realize how much work he's actually doing. He just kind of feels like he's fallen into it in a way. Or maybe he doesn't feel like he's fallen into it, but it's just kind of happened a bit. And uh when you interview him, you kind of see all the work that has gone into it and and all the skill and how important it is to really love what you do and that sounds like just a thing to say but actually he does touch on that a few times doesn't he that actually do you enjoy it because that's when you're going to spend hours and hours learning about it and that's when you get good. So so that was a really interesting theme. I yeah, think.
1: absolutely. And also really nice to hear about someone who's who's kind of got into it slightly later and not not necessarily, you know, just come straight out of graduating and being surrounded by, um, you know, people in the industry in that way and trying to find your footing, you know, coming at it from another point of your life that, you do, you know, just decide, you know what, I'm. this is what I always want to be doing. So I'm going to I'm going to
0: take the risk and and, and go for it. Absolutely. So I think for anyone who is working in music or anyone who's doing anything that they're self-employed and kind of making that leap where they're just being their own boss and, and kind of creating their own career completely, I think they're going to find a lot of stuff that's interesting here. We loved it. We, really I absolutely fun. loved it and I hope you guys will too. This is John Wright. We are
1: joined by John Wright. Musician, producer, and uh, can we say lives
0: other half? Yes, better I think, half. I think. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John is my partner, and we are currently recording this in his well, our studio, but with his equipment. Our studio, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is your equipment that we're using? So. <laughs> it's been very helpful so far with the odd technical difficulty. John's right here, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, this is an exciting one. I I've never know. interviewed you before, John. So. Uh, This will be interesting. Maybe I'll learn something. You'll definitely learn something. I'll definitely learn.
2: Maybe I'll learn something.
0: Yeah. You just
1: never know. To get us started, why I think this is a really interesting one is because everyone's interviewed so far is kind of like they've had quite, even though it's not linear, because we've always spoken about the creative world isn't like that. They kind of have grown up thinking this is what they want to do and gone straight into kind of the mess of doing it whereas you your story is slightly different because you've come at it slightly later i guess i think you've always i'm i'm, I'm speaking for you you're going to tell us hopefully but um like music you've always been into music and then so like go back then to right at the beginning how did you get started in is guitar okay. the main thing i'm going
2: back i'm i'm going. rewinding going back in time <laughs> yeah. i'm 15 Take years <laughs> old and i'm playing electric guitar so so what's the question i'm too i'm time traveling what so, how did it go how did
1: you yeah how did you get into music
2: i used to go and watch my dad play hockey and uh i'd end up in the car with all of his mates and people would bring uh cds along and i remember there was a cd by the cure that somebody bought uh wish uh, it's one of the singles off wish and it had some b-sides and we listened to it and i really liked it and dad bought it and i kept playing it but uh i can't remember exactly the order in which it happened but I also got into paula abdul at one point uh when i had like a little boots cassette player and uh I remember playing that quite a few times, but uh, yeah, I finally got into the Cure, and then I had a friend who had got the bus to school with who who played electric guitar, and uh, he was kind of cool. He's actually not at all cool now, and <laughs> now that I, but um, I thought he was kind of cool at the time, so I started wanting a guitar, and I, oh, this is so embarrassing. But I had a, like a tissue box that I put uh, elastic bands around, and uh, I used to twang the these little. A elastic band my mum will tell you all about that
0: i think that indicates that you were really really wanting to play an instrument that is a creative way of yeah. like building yourself an instrument isn't it like- yeah
2: it's the guitar equivalent of like pots and pans upside down and hitting <laughs> them with wooden things
0: <laughs> yeah you've got to start somewhere
2: so uh yeah so i got uh, i got an acoustic uh spanish nylon strung guitar and uh eventually got like a tab book or something for that cure album and yeah i think that went on for a little while, and I started wanting an electric guitar. And eventually, mum and dad bought me one of those. And the neighbours next door he he used to, he used to be in a punk band. They gave me uh, this really weird PA system from the seventies, but it was like two twelve stacks, like two, and they uh, on top of each other, and like a two hundred watt transistor amp. I put on top it sounded well I mean it, it had a sound of its own it was loud that was a, that was the exciting thing I'm pretty sure I lost some high frequency hearing in my right ear mm-hmm. from the years spent facing the mirror in my bedroom but yeah that's uh, this could go on forever like do you do you want this level of detail
0: yeah it does kind of um, illustrate the passion and sort of creativity that goes into it
2: I think when you're a teenager it's quite it's quite easy isn't it to get obsessed about things like it's much yeah. harder to learn new things when you get older as i'm finding like it's hard to. it's just i was so dedicated to it i loved it i do hours and hours and hours that carried on i did like a i dropped music at gcse and i didn't want to do it uh wasn't interested i would just sort of do burps into the keyboard sampler and and then play the demo and it would be like and then turn the tempo right and that was it that was all i that was all i did in music in music and then uh I was talking to a music teacher about it, uh, about scales and modes and stuff, which I was reading about in guitar magazines. He said, why don't you come along and do the night school? The school was running adult education classes in in music. And I, I started going along, did a music uh, GCSE in a year, did an A-level. During that time, I'd sort of lost interest in all the other subjects a bit. I applied for university and without really knowing what I was doing, you know, like you are when you're 17, you don't really know, you know, you're, not, you're in no position to plan your life at that stage. But. But yeah, I went to uh, went to Anglia Anglia Polytechnic University. I love the name of that uni because it is it's so non-specific, both geographically and academically. <laughs> <laughs> it's Anglia. Yeah, did a degree and then w- w- went into a job doing classical music data. And I worked at that company in a number of different roles, but for like eight years before I would moved to London, jacked in that job, took a a job in oil and gas which i hated so much that i was like right i'm gonna quit i don't know what i'm gonna do but i'm gonna try and make a living you know from guitar from playing because every now and again i get asked to do things because i was still playing in bands uh but I, I didn't really have any um you know the time to do it it'd be like oh, i can't you know I've got work and so I, st- I thought maybe i'd be able to take up these opportunities and coincided with a covers band that i was playing with doing better and better like weddings and so on so in So I sort of walked out of that into this into getting like thirty or forty wedding gigs a year, which sort of paid the bills. I mean, it wasn't quite as smooth as that. It was quite I had some savings which I ate into. That was the sort of the beginning of being professional, which I think was nine nine or ten years ago.
1: So like for us graduating with a load of actors, it's been quite easy to find actors who wanna pair up and work with us and find other creatives. How did you find all the bands you were playing with at that time like the, the covers band and stuff was, was it because was that a kind of university crowd or had to no. just go looking for stuff
2: no i think that band that were looking for a guitarist on gumtree <laughs> yeah quite a few things have come from from gumtree um <laughs> like nothing you know earth-shattering but yeah they needed a guitar player i joined and Ended up playing with them for like seven years. Went from playing pubs for 40 quid each to to like wedding gigs and corporate gigs.
0: What I've uh, found so interesting when we've spoken about this in the past is that uh, you kind of talk about it as if you, you know, and you were working at the company that you hated and you wanted to do music. And I mean, I might be hearing in a slightly romantic way, but you kind of decided at one point, like, okay, I am a professional musician. And then I'm just going to have to figure out what that means for me you know like you kind of made the decision without really knowing where it was going to take you
2: yeah it was very it was poorly planned uh was, there was no there was no um i think i wanted to play on people on records and so on and i did like home recording but i didn't i didn't actually know how to do go about it i, I made a website in like 2000 and 2008 just made my own website and um read a little bit about seo and i put some keywords in like session guitar it's guitar tracks and like filled up the text with with that sort of thing and uh you know in the uh, in the years that followed i I would actually get inquiries from the website and it's i still get work through it now but there was no there was no real plan I, i just i was calling myself a professional musician but i wasn't really earning a proper living from it which i think a lot of people do yeah. to
1: to start out with was it just i just want to play guitar for for a living because obviously now i know that you're doing loads of producing and stuff but was it just the playing that kind of initially got you into it
2: i'd always tell i had harbored fantasies of being in a band you know playing like being <laughs> being you've made my one of my dreams come true like being uh interviewed or like being somebody that uh somebody like people would want to ask questions to about about how did you do that how did you do that because i had so many idols you know guitarists and people that made records i I was like i'd love to do that i'd love to be part of something you know that that people are interested in
0: have you ever met any of your idols yes how was that
2: uh it was disappointing i met nick mason from pink floyd and uh it was at goodwood that I'd got I'd got along and he was there and I asked him for a, f- a photo and said hello and I was, you know big fan and stuff and he, he just sort of was busy and it wasn't very well timed so he was kind of grumpy and I was <laughs> like oh man I always thought he'd be like a really nice guy you know you have fantasies that you're gonna be friends with these guys and uh, he was like of course it's that thing isn't it with famous people that you know them and they have no not an inkling so you're like you're familiar to me I like I have an image in my head of you're just like another person who's taking up their time
0: yeah exactly they have no clue what you do and what that you might be doing the same thing as them because you're just a person talking to them so Mm. but i think it's interesting with the the remote sessions like you doing uh session work for people because you've managed to to make a a, a fairly good living of that and i think that i would imagine that a lot of guitarists would want to do more sessions and i don't actually know that many musicians who do regular session work and you you get loads of work through that so how do you think that that's become a, a mm. thing for you um what, what have you done right
2: <laughs> what have i done right a bit of bit of luck a bit of faking it till you make it and uh, and really caring about it i think uh when i when i set the, that website up I, I put some demos on like playing and I, I had to write my own music to like have these demos i didn't because there were not tracks that i could do and then the band i was in um abandoned Mute, we made an album and i was able to put those tracks up and i'd every now and again i'd do something new and i'd be like add that but i it's hard to get any kind of reputation or attract any business when you never when you haven't done anything like there's a ton of people if you go looking for session guitarists online I mean you'll find me quite close to the top which is great but there's tons of guys who say they do it, like all, all all types of musicians, but they don't. They're not really doing doing very much of that. I'm
1: just gonna I'm gonna put my two cents in as the the one that's not the musician here, just in case anyone's listening. Like, what what is session musician? Uh, yeah, good. So, that's just, a good, you good know, question. you know? like, yeah. I know what it, I know what it is roughly, but actually, I don't know kind of day to day what that actually means for you as a session guitarist.
2: It's basically a, a musician who is paid to uh, competently play somebody else's music you follow instructions you're not part of the band uh, you may offer some creative input but you're given a fee to play on the track so and it's just uh, just
1: track stuff not live stuff is, is there session yeah stuff you get a life?
2: session yeah i mean it's live stuff too i mean a session you know a session musician i don't know is I, I i tend to think of it as mostly like the session is the recording session you know um but yeah it has now it has become the kind of the job that i do for liv which is like playing in her band Uh, live playing you know i play the songs as written as recorded and sometimes there's a bit of leeway but yeah it's just um doing what you're told really
0: Uh, and then when it's remote sessions it's obviously you know different from actually being working in a set studio
2: yeah people send me a track they're like hey i want this uh here's a reference track i like this song by so and so uh here's here's the track i get them to send it to me like with with like drums and bass and vocals and i add, add the guitars here." hope it's what they want and send it back to them and hopefully they like it and then they pay me and that's that Uh, so that's that's how it goes really it's a bit of a risk because you're working with people remotely and you you don't get any immediate feedback but um, so you're kind of guessing at what people is people want to an extent so understanding what people are asking for you know as any I guess any artist any performer you know if you're doing voiceovers you're doing commercials or you're acting taking direction and listening and really listening and understanding what people are trying to achieve is um is quite an important part of it otherwise you're going to be going back and forth again and again and again and no one can be bothered with that
0: yeah it's a bit like I mean it's different because you actually get feedback but I think about you know when we do self-tapes and stuff and you're just at home doing it and you're literally just guessing you can read the little blurb that you've been given but you have no idea and the difference is that you know we haven't got the job yet so we're just kind of sending something off going is this it and then you if it is it, you you get the job, and if not, you know it's it, yes, yeah, similar to voiceovers, isn't it? If you send something off, and then they're like, no, we want you to sound lots younger, or whatever it might be. So yeah, you are kind of spending quite a lot of time guessing, guessing. Yeah, and I guess with the, the self tape, you
2: do a you do a, like you set your camera up and you do like a five minute scene or something or a short scene but you're kind of showing yourself aren't you it's it's quite about you how you look what you sound like and that sort of thing whereas that whereas the music is you know I can look and sound as a musician very different and uh yeah I don't want to obviously spend uh spend half a day on a track or f- two or three hours on a track as a as a what do you think you know try and get it right first time so yeah it's, it's similar but but also different I think
1: it's like interesting. talking about self tapes because like that's a relatively new thing, which we've been learning about in the industry. Kind of maybe just as we were leaving, I'm talking about six years ago, maybe it was starting to become more of a thing, especially in LA and here. But I know like from doing being in the industry, I've learned so much. Like with you, John, with did you kind of learn about session musicians when you were just really young and thought okay i could do that to make a living or is it like have you discovered things Hmm. as you've gone through the career of other ways of being a musician and keeping it all being lucrative and also creative
2: i wanted i wanted to be in a band and and make music and like sort of be an artist i don't know if i ever really wanted to be a singer like the lead artist but at least be in a band or part of something and then when I realised how hard that was, um, I started to say, "Oh, I can play on other people's music." I start, I enjoyed like working with people who had like a real clear vision, and I could kind of do the technical side, whether I was recording or helping put the song together. But somebody who had like the raw materials, I never really had the confidence in myself to come up with that. I never, I don't know why, because you know the things that I did when I was young and that I listened to back, I'm like, "Oh, this is actually quite good." Like it's better than some of the stuff that I was working on for other people. And in some cases, not as good. Um,
1: so you wanted to play in bands, but then you were kind of, I guess, realising that that's not always going to bring money in? or
2: Yeah, I, ju- I, I think I started thinking, oh, I can play on other people's records. And I hoped that that might happen. But I didn't really, I'd hardly done any studio sessions. I'd done a few, but not, I'd never really worked as like a traditional session musician of going into the studio. So I, and like I say, it started out really just, uh, I felt like a bit of an imposter, really a bit of a pretender. And even now, I listen to sessions that I did like two or three years ago when when I was working quite a lot. Um, by that point, and uh, and I listen to it, and I'm like, oh my god, that's I'm rushing or like, why have I put so much on there? Like I didn't have to do that. Um, so yeah, it has. Uh, it's, it's a continual development, and I imagine in two years' time, I'll be looking at you know what I'm working on now. I'll be like, oh Jesus,
0: <laughs> that's interesting though. That you're learning from the stuff that you're working on. You're hearing your own progress, even though. People are already paying you to do stuff, and they have for years. But you're like, oh, I could have done that better now, and that you're constantly learning. And
2: oh, I'm embarrassed at some of the stuff <laughs> actually. So that I've been paid for. I'm like, oh my god, that's bad. I mean, that says more something probably about me. But um, I think yeah, some of the work that I've done, I listen to. I'm like, oh my god, that's not very good. How how am I get? How did I get away with that? Like how how did I get away with any of that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I have you know experienced working with you as a producer, which we will obviously get into later but I think that you have a very high standard that you try and work up to so I think people like that which I think is all of us in this room we will look at anything that we did two years ago and go oh my god what was that so I think that's a natural thing for a creative especially to uh, and I think it's a healthy thing how did it feel
1: when you kind of made that decision to to give up everything else the nine to five and go for it was that was there an element of what am I doing? Or did you just have no hesitation hmm. jump into it?
2: That's a good question. It was a funny time in my life. I, I was kind of, I was not very happy at all. Like I hated my job. The guy that, this this oil and gas company that I was working for, the guy was a, um, it was the owner. He was a, uh, he did like NLP and he was trying to get me to, he was trying to make me into a salesman and to like overcoming people's objections and you know, salesman talk. And like, it's, I hear what you're saying and you know like it was kind of like just yeah it, was, it wasn't me I felt so uh, so inauthentic doing it and I was just desperate really not to be working there anymore. I had some savings like I'd, I'd uh, in my previous when I was working I'd, I'd managed to buy a small house and I sold the house and got the basically the deposit back just before the 2008 crash and so I had a few grand in the bank not not many but um, I had a bit of a cushion for like six months so I was like, oh let's see. I, I don't didn't have a clue. I felt I felt quite unsettled and unsure, but just desperate to make a change really. There was no I
0: wasn't confident in it. I think that sometimes is a through line that we see with people is that when they really get to the point of doing something that they genuinely hate rather than like something that wasn't that fun but when you really get to a job that you really hate that's when you start making those changes like that's when you really go this isn't working anymore and i have to if i'm gonna make the leap this is this yeah, is. yeah
2: exactly this is oh this is not too bad you know at least i can do that and i can da da, and yeah. yeah this is fine when it's like oh my god not one more day like yeah. i'm handing my notice in like it was i was quite impulsive and i got some like a lot of encouragement from my um, other half at the time and uh she was like yeah just um yeah do it you're so good you know believe in yourself and she was quite a risk taker so that that rubbed off on me a little bit but yeah 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 being being a bit desperate and being keen to make a change is it's quite motivating isn't it yeah and you're like (laughs) right if i'm gonna be spending money i've got every month on rent i need to make the most of this next six months right let's get this website done i
1: was super motivated to do it well the only time i've ever done my website is like 12 o'clock at night and i stay up the whole night (laughs) because i'm just motivated in that moment to do a website yeah you do just hit a wall and you're like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna make a change and i'm gonna do it what kind of was the next step so once you then were like i'm gonna do this you said you spent what six months kind of was it in preparation for doing stuff or were you immediately kind of in the world of music i'm trying to
2: remember i was living with my cousin uh we had a flat in in east london and uh I just I did the website. I was recording. I was playing in a band, you know that rock band I talked about, and I I was making recordings and putting them on the website and I'd doing a page every couple of days, a new page and blog entries and and stuff like that, and just trying to make it look as though I was doing something, doing wedding gigs and pub gigs at the weekend, and just scrape, just trying to go backwards financially as little as possible, which was still quite a lot.
1: And then when you were then gigging performing when did producing become a thing you said you kind of could always do the recording stuff and you were quite technical like is, was it was producing in the back of your mind like i could also produce stuff as well
2: yeah well i mean i had a, like a uh, nicked my school's four track do you know what a four track is nope. was it before your time yeah i'm got yeah. to this all right so you, you know what a cassette is yes
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> <Yeah>. we know <laughs> i don't know if everyone listening is going to know but yeah
2: it's like you know a little cassette and you'd put that in a cassette's got like two it's got a left and a right it's in stereo it's got a left and a right and a front and a back uh so the tape actually record you can record on both sides of it so you'd play it one way you'd get halfway th- through your album Turn take the tape out turn it over put it in the other way and it'll... so that's a combined number of four tracks so you'd put that in this special porter studio thing which is like a little thing about the size of an a4 piece of paper but uh, like a tape player and you'd have four faders and four volume you know four pan controls and you'd be able to layer four recordings. so i i, I started out doing that like with the school's four track and uh quite enjoyed it and did a bit of it at uni and you know i did a mu- during the music degree did quite a bit of recording and uh arrangement and and so on but i didn't do any not a lot of uh technical stuff there but um yeah i did I, that's right i did work experience at a studio like well before i went to uni and uh, I managed, i carried on working there for I don't know about a year just at weekends just but that was like old tape machines and uh, analog desk nothing like you know there was no computer so yeah I learned learned a lot there some of the basic principles and I produced that the my band's album and mixed it I didn't do a great job of it but I did my best and recorded like dozens and dozens of guitars on every song and like way overkill but I was like this is going to be the best guitar album of the century of the decade sort of thing and uh, yeah that went nowhere but I enjoyed the process and and then i don't know like recording my own music and started working with other people and i think you know what the working with liv was i didn't really feel like i could call myself a music producer um and you can't really until you've done something that's that's really good and uh working with liv it sort of a bit of an accident really wasn't it yeah
0: it's quite an interesting uh, process how we kind of got into it because mm. i was talking to this label you know which is now my label and knew that i was probably going to sign with them so they'd let me use their studio for a few days to record a few things with their sort of in-house engineer producer tom loft lovely tom <laughs> <laughs> lovely. we love him thanks for my drum lesson oh yes <laughs> yeah you know i tom. came down to the
1: studio did my oozing on you did did uh, oozing, yeah. he was quite keen on you <laughs> <laughs> oh so I was gonna it, was that. it was a fun night it was a fun night but yeah so the the at that time you guys were recording in that studio it was
0: yeah, yeah so we were end. recording a few songs i was working with tom i didn't really know my my thing was you know i'm gonna do some demos and then i'm gonna see what producers i'm gonna take it to that was kind of the process and tom was kind of producing it at the time and then uh so you were my partner as of like two months at that point, we we'd been dating for not very long at all. And yeah, I timed
2: it pretty well, didn't you I? You did,
0: yeah. Very sleep your way to the top, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, I knew that you were a fantastic guitarist, obviously, because I'd heard your work. And um, I thought it'd be nice to bring you into the studio to uh, to maybe do some guitars or just see see what you wanted to, to add to it. Wasn't that?
2: It was like a, just a bit of a hang, wasn't it? it do you want to do you want to come up yeah. and have a and and see the studio? I was like, um, how far is it? <laughs> it's so funny to think i was in kind of not indifferent but not not i was like um yeah well how long are you going to be there for yeah but yeah I, I think as i remember it you were working on something with tom and you needed guided guitars and i knew the song um do you want me to play why you you can you know just do the guide guitar and and then he was like oh yeah okay uh great and then after a minute or two he's like okay so you you can play guitar uh <laughs> yeah. do you want to do uh, you can do the next bit you can do you know do the rest And we did a couple of something I think we stayed up, stayed up there, didn't we?
0: Yeah, I think we did. And then you started suggesting harmonies, you know, backing vocal harmonies and stuff. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And Tom just went, this guy's the real deal. Like, he's got some really good ideas. And <laughs> I think we were both kind of surprised. Oh, maybe I wasn't that surprised, but I think I was surprised at how, how much you had to, to bring to the table that quickly yeah and then we just kind of started using you as the guitarist and then you just got more and more involved and
2: we started doing pre-production at mine didn't we i was like because things like i don't know if you might find this interesting i'm finding it hard to kind of remember who i'm talking to like my audience you know mm. the our audience to, like to
1: me
0: because i don't know anything about
2: <laughs> yeah how much detail i don't know how much detail don't, to yeah, give yeah those
0: details good yes pre-production is that what you yeah, wanted to that's what explain? i was going
2: to say yeah i was going to say because like you got the song written and live songs have mostly finished well they were finished um structurally and and all of that sort of thing they were ready to go but sometimes yeah. it would be like Could this be in a different key? Maybe this could be a bit lower just to to suit your voice or a bit higher to to get a bit more energy or whatever and tempos and those sorts of fundamental things, which you don't really want to be. If you're working, you know, trying to work efficiently, you don't really want to be trying to adjust those things in a recording studio where you're paying by the day and that sort of thing. So you want to have that stuff sorted out ideally so we started trying to do that and then i would would do some guitars and then program drums and then my nature being what it is like i'd be like oh i'm just going to kind of work a little bit more on these drums overnight you know program drums and i'm going to do some bass and i've done a guitar arrangement now so then it started being that we were taking tracks to the studio and they just needed drums, or they needed drums and and um, oh yeah, they need lead vocals as well.
1: Is that why you, you called me in then to do the the drum session? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> when we needed you. That's why. <laughs> and then you heard the drums and, and like, got me well, to ooh instead. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that is so interesting because I don't actually know having known you both for ages and ages how how you get from you writing a song with you and the piano to then what we're now listening to on Spotify
0: it's crazy to think about you know it just became going from you sort of coming to, to hang at Larkin's you know uh, the NUA studio and then it sort of becoming both of our lives to finish this album for like a year for a year yeah
2: yeah it's weird we, we drifted away from the studio didn't we in the end Yes, Because we were getting quite a lot done here and I I bought like a nice mic and a nice preamp and to get better vocals because then we could do like harmonies and stuff and not have to rush it and Liv and I were working really well together and uh, yeah it just felt it felt good to do to do it that way and uh, we did some drums there and some drums elsewhere. Um, with other drummers who i thought maybe this guy would be good for this track and and that sort of thing and then um yeah around about towards the end of that process you know i started working on other a couple of other guys um came to me and they'd heard some some of the live stuff and started working on on uh, an album for a guy called uh alexis Jared and a lad called Nielsen Reevley. we did an ep and i don't know i still feel like a bit of a pretender but i suppose at some point that's going to become annoying for other people especially people who haven't who who would like to be doing that and you're like oh I don't really know what I'm doing or, da, 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 da. In modesty can become a bit annoying can't it and you know yeah sometimes you have to just stand up and go yeah I guess I am a, a music producer you know that is what I spend my time doing and, you know it's how I earn a living so yeah and I love it really but um just always waiting to be called out on it <laughs> hang on a minute like you know it's like I can't really be caught out but I'm still I don't know it's a funny one do you know what I mean like an imposter syndrome is pretty familiar
0: yeah absolutely and it's the question is kind of who decides who decides that something is legit you know because I've spoken to a lot of really great artists that I admire that I know and and they say oh my god I love your album and I love the production on on this song and that song and so who decides that it's real or not what degree are you meant to have or what studio are you meant to work in for it to Mm. be a real thing you know
2: and that's that's the thing like the more the further along the, up the ladder or, f- or down the road or whatever analogy to use the further the further along you get and the more people you meet the more you realize that that no one really has it sorted out no one no <laughs> some people more than others but i think there's uh insecurity and um i think insecurity is a good one it, and like it, you tend to associate it with oh i'm insecure but like a sense of like i need to do better than I did last year. I need to top that album. I need to, I've done that TV show. I need to now do this, this kind of TV show or a movie, you know, like the, the desire to progress. It's like the old carrot and stick thing. You know, whatever you accomplish, you make a million pounds, you want to make 2 million. You make 10 million, you want to make 15. You know, it's like, I just I just feel like that's never going to go away. It never has for me. And uh, it either serves as, a, as something that drives you helpfully or it tortures you or maybe a bit of both
1: but I like I haven't don't think I've met a creative person that hasn't felt like that you know they have to have something exactly. they're trying to trying to better because I I was always I don't know if we have said this before in another podcast but I always found it really interesting uh, especially training when they used to say you know if you're not working you're not an actor and I just thought you can actually say you can say you are whatever you want to be you know I can I can say I'm an actor because that's what I've trained to do and what i can i'm able to do whether or not i've got the gigs all the time is a different story but some people might only class themselves as an actor when they're a working actor so yeah it's really interesting isn't it what defines Mm -hmm. us as a producer or an actor or a I feel
2: like i can say i'm a music producer this year you know (laughs) but by the end of 2019 if i haven't done another album then i I don't i won't be able to call myself that anymore
0: that's interesting because i think that especially if you have training in something or, or just that you've done stuff before, you know, of certain quality. Like, I definitely do not agree with the, you know, if you're not working, you're not an actor because it's very hard to get work as an actor and everyone knows that's not a big secret. So, you know, if you have the skills, you have the skills. Unless you've decided, I'm not interested in doing this anymore, this is my new profession, then you can say you're not an actor, but that's a choice that you make. And I think the same with production or session stuff. If you haven't done anything for a year, or you choose to take a little break from it, it doesn't mean that you're not that anymore. <laughs> that's that's my opinion. But
2: in that sort of six month to a year period when I'd quit the job, I was I'd, I didn't have any confidence in, in calling myself a professional musician. To the point where I, I remember very clearly going to a comedy uh, night, and one of the comedians uh, comedians was like uh, uh, picked on me and said, uh, "So, uh, you uh, what uh, what do you do for a living?" And I just said, uh, "Nothing." I, I couldn't say I was a musician, a professional musician. Just didn't, I didn't believe it. Wow. Literally said, oh, nothing. I've always remembered that. Like, why, why would that be so? Because I didn't want him to say, oh, okay. So what do you, uh, that, do you know what I mean? Say, that's
1: the question next, isn't it? So what, what have you done? What, what's, we, we had this conversation on the podcast. So what, what are you doing then as a professional musician?
0: Is, yeah, the fear of question? being yeah. found out. Yeah, are you working with anyone that we might know? Yeah, you know? what uh,
2: what albums have you done that I'd know? Yeah, yeah.
0: When there are millions of albums, you know, made and most of them. But you that's heard the of.
2: whole thing, isn't it? Like, why is it important what other people think? Why? What mm. this? this is almost like an unspoken assumption that, that we're kind of working with that. Oh, you know, you 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 should be able to call yourself that, and people shouldn't criticise. You know, it's like, well, you know, why does that even matter at all? I don't know that we need to categorise ourselves as. one thing or another or only one thing what does what difference does it make to how you feel when you wake up in the morning you're just going about your life working hopefully doing something that you that you get something from
1: i mean i will say we're going to interview you live anyway at some point but just to talk about the album for me it was a really interesting thing to actually sit and listen to it i was lucky enough to sit with you and just have a listen to it before that before the listening party and it before it was out on spotify and Number one, I'd heard so many of the songs before, but not in this way. And number two, I just, even now I still listen to all the the tracks. And I am genuinely not saying this because I'm sitting with my two very good friends. The, the detail that's in the tracks, as well as the brilliant writing and singing that's on there, the actual detail of the production. I don't think I've ever, maybe it's because I haven't known the producers behind musical tracks before, but I was really aware of it and really like appreciating so many little moments and just thinking... That must be so satisfying as a as a producer to think how can i make that my favorite moment of the whole album is the little twinkle in um part time sweetheart. sweetheart and i was like there any there are so there must be so many twinkle sounds how do you pick what twinkle sound you want to but it's so perfect that little one i every time it, i kind of wait for it I'm like holding my breath and waiting for the little bling <laughs> so like do you enjoy that part of producing uh, yeah
2: that's my favorite bit really it's a it's not a twinkle sound it's a glockenspiel playing no, it a totally is a playing a, a, th- a, a three note doodling. Mm-hmm. it's like mm. an arpeggio and i remember having a discussion like in this we were disagreeing about it in the studio tom wanted something else and i was like it. and i was like no 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 just just give me a glockenspiel yeah fine can i let me just let me just do this and then then we discuss it like listen to this first because I think it's going to work. And I was like, I just don't think a glockenspiel is going to... I don't think this song needs a glockenspiel. I'm like, it's not going to be a glockenspiel part.
1: Because people will think it's a twinkle. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: I think like, it's a fucking twinkle.
1: <laughs> but
0: but they're coined a, it now. It's <laughs> <laughs> <There's> a, <laughs> <There's> a twinkle. <laughs> but this is the funny thing, though. When he, we hear little bits in the album that people are like, oh, I love that. And I'm remembering in the studio going like, no, but listen, to, let's try this. You know, one of us convincing the other to... To just try something and like a big discussion behind every little twinkle and every little
2: you listen to it and it's like it just all magically fell into place like that. But half the time is it's it's, uh, it's not like that. But those details is they're the things that I love. Like really get a kick out of. I mean, out of that. the
1: um the listening party. I was fortunate to be there. And you made a great live, made a great um videos of kind of little bits of anecdotes on screen of how things came about and who was singing on it and things and one of the other ones I loved was on a train of thought that you were like listen out for the actual train sample and now I listen to it I'm like oh, that is so cool you can hear a train mm-hmm. so it's, it's like how much fun it must be to find all these things let's put this like put an actual train in how did that come about
0: that just
2: whose idea was it
0: that's a really interesting example because the train thing I remember quite specifically, and I might be remembering it wrong and giving myself too much credit, but I feel like I was asking for a train sound on there. But this is this is quite, you know, this will illustrate how a lot of the album came about. I would sit there as a very sort of artist going, I want something like a train on the tracks, you know, and John would have to, uh, with that track, it was you and Tom, but most, mm. most of the time it was just you in the end, would have to figure out how that would actually work. And I would sit there and go... I mean, that was fairly specific to be me. Sometimes I'd sit with a track and go, I want it to be sort of indigo and like a bit more sparkly. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like really, really... It's like
2: custard, but, (laughs) but without the vanilla.
0: And you would actually understand you know what what i meant or or do you do your best to understand what what i meant and actually execute these things i had thoughts about what i wanted but no idea how to actually do it and yeah so you found a, a train sample online and then put it into the the tempo the right tempo of the song you know changing
2: yeah because it, it was it was like so we had to slow it down so it was like and then i think there's an effect on it and there's like some panning as well so it sort yeah, it of moves starts. from left to right or right to left yeah but yeah it's so it's more like a percuss like a rhythmic thing than a than a train it was one of those things it's like oh yeah put a train on it but it's a bit obvious isn't it but the song's called train of thought so you go put a train on it. it's a bit
0: i think that was discussion bitch. that we we had like when when i suggested it and you said that no that's that's too obvious but actually it turned out to be a thing that people don't actually realize that it's a train until you mm-hmm. tell them i i still listen to the album and there's stuff that i can't even remember how it got on there and presumably that's because they were your ideas you know? <laughs> and uh, and they just worked really well and i just loved it
2: yeah that train that that took like two days i that you know i i charged over 600 pounds to get
0: that
2: <laughs> train sample
0: when I when hired a train, recorded it. Yeah. <laughs> John just lying
1: down with a microphone on a train track waiting oh for God. one to go past.
2: Yeah, that train driver's PRS
1: checks. So uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. something, something that I am really interested in finding out about is especially as creatives in the, the context that we are in actors and musicians, it can be quite a lonely thing. It can be quite a, you know, you have your own talent or practice or, you know, things that you're kind of working on for yourself and then if you're lucky enough to be working in a band or in a show or something you you start to you know be able to connect with other performers and other people in the industry how have you found collaborating and working is that something as a musician that you you said you wanted to be in a band was that always the dream of being able to play with others or you know record with other people do you enjoy that aspect of it or is there bits of it that are stressful or, or difficult uh-huh.
2: Uh, It depends on the individual, of course. Yeah, there is a part of my personality is like I like to help people do things like I like to uh, sort of facilitate. Like that seems to be something that I've noticed I I like doing. You know, like I said, I didn't really want to be a a singer songwriter. I'd rather work with a singer songwriter and make for people to accomplish what they want to accomplish. that that's i get a lot of satisfaction out of someone being like I, these are my goals or this is what i think my goal is but i don't really know but like so helping people figure out what it is they're trying to do uh, moving towards like understanding that and then accomplishing it is quite a, quite a goal for me so uh, yeah working with other people is really really important i don't i'd hate to work in a, in a vacuum I mean, sometimes it feels like i'm on my own a lot you know with remote sessions and most of the contact is is email And uh, I'm sort of sat here on my own, like for a day recording guitars and I'm not getting any feedback whatsoever. No, it's usually, you know, I've done, you know, plenty of uh, studio sessions now and you get people like, oh yeah, I really love that. Something like, and I'm like, what, like this? And they're like, yeah, that's it. That's it. And I'm like, I could do this off. No, 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 no. Just keep doing that. You know, you get this very immediate, very clear feedback Uh, on my own. I have to kind of do my own. I have to produce myself. And I'm like... Oh, I want to do this and then I'm like John are you overthinking this now mm-hmm. and I'm like yeah I think it would be better if I just kept this more simple do we really need another guitar here yeah is this something that you always do on all the tracks yes it is like it's don't so I try I learned to kind of <laughs> produce myself a bit but it does get a bit lonely yeah a bit um a bit dull sometimes I mean I always find that if I'm doing loads of recording and not much gigging I want to do some gigging. I just want that immediacy. I just want to play and a bit of volume and for not to really matter too much what I play. And whereas when I'm just doing gigs, I'm like, I want to be in the studio and I want to really refine things. I want to get it just right and work on the detail. So for me, it's it's always about a bit of a balance.
1: It
0: is quite, quite rare in terms of my experience with musicians. I kind of see people who do a lot of live or a lot of session stuff and maybe not both so you've kind of managed to balance that i mean you're you're working with a band called cue the music Mm -hmm. who do bond music exclusively and do big theater shows which we went to see and that is like in the middle of all of this and you working in the studio on your own for maybe a day or two and then suddenly you go on stage and you open a whole theater show by walking to the front of the stage playing the main theme from from the bond films mm, yeah. you know so how how is that balanced? like suddenly you find yourself on stage looking at 700 people or whatever it is how how is that
2: i try not to think about it i think if i, if Sorry. I <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah no. um so it yeah sometimes it is a bit of a shock to the system like i do get a little bit nervous sometimes on those gigs um or on all gigs um every day is different you know sometimes i'm like yeah let's go do this like you're gonna love this and other days i'm um, i'm like oh god please don't fuck it up don't mess up this iconic bond thing that starts the whole show (laughs) you know with with uh you know a dozen amazing musicians behind me who've all you know all very skillful well qualified and i'm the guy that's in the spotlight you know prancing about at the front and uh sort of being the focus of attention and i feel kind of like you know the musicians in that band are amazing and I, i'm like yeah sorry guys I've, I've got to do this this is my job i have to be the you know guitar hero for a few seconds you're still really amazing like but they don't really get like a shout out so it, it's yeah is it, it
1: because you just look the most like james bond i don't know
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think it's just the the dynamic of the show you know you can't really lug a big keyboard out to the front and uh i mean it'd be nice if you could wheel out a big piano and have like a, a thing but yeah it's a uh, guitar is just the sexiest instrument isn't it
0: yeah i think it is
2: Probably. unless you're one of those freaks that likes the saxophone
0: <laughs> <laughs> well it can be pretty sexy but yeah yeah i bought myself a saxophone
1: oh yeah i never really played it but i did buy myself one
0: just uh cue the music as well mm. the, the audition process for that is quite an interesting one i oh, think there's yeah. a lesson in that if I remember right in in kind of how to assert yourself a little bit and and maybe sometimes see you know yeah I'd love to to hear you talk about how you got that job
2: yeah well it's a friend of mine fantastic guitarist uh called uh, David he had done that gig for for a few years and but had other commitments so they were looking for somebody to do initially it was to do a few shows and then became apparent they were looking for a full-time replacement and uh, had to do a video audition they wanted uh Warren the director he wanted a a video audition of like two I think it was three songs and quite diverse and uh, different aspects of the guitar skills needed and so yeah I had to do a self-tape and uh I I sent that off to him and uh he was like yeah it was really good uh and it was like I think they had like 150 people getting in touch or 150 submissions or something a lot of people wanted the gig because it's you know it's a really fun guitar gig and uh yeah he's they they they're like yeah you're great you're you know top top of the pile which i was quite surprised about because i don't know i know lots of guitar players and um I, I imagine some of them went for it i was like oh that's really that's really good maybe i've got better since you know over the last few years and uh then it was like would you um was it, oh, i can't remember exactly how it went but i think they i think he said would you come to a rehearsal an audition or something and I, i'd gone through the process of recording this video like learning three tracks putting it together it's quite a lot of work actually yeah. i put on a like a black suit and a and stuff for it just to sell myself a little bit more for the look i remember sort of being like i'm too busy man i'm too busy to go to an audition and i was like "Hey, i really love this um but i'm gonna nail it like you can see that i can play i'm gonna learn the stuff so i'm happy to come and do a gig but i don't i'm not coming to lincoln uh for an audition i prefer just to just to do a do a couple of gigs and see how we go and uh yeah warren agreed to that and uh it went really well, you know, I it did, did nail it. it was like really happy and uh, and yeah, sort of got the, got the gig on a full-time basis from from that. but I, I think and I think he said afterwards like at a later date, I think he said, well, the fact that you wouldn't come, I might be I might be misquoting him here. so Warren, if you're listening and I'm getting this wrong, I apologize, but I, th- I think he said something to the effect of I think when when you said that you wouldn't come to the audition, I think uh, that's when I knew that you were probably the right guy. Because if you want it too much, if you're like, yes, Warren, yes, I'll do anything. You know, it's kind of like, are you actually up to it? You know, and I think as a guitar player, like you, uh, you do have to have a little bit of ego, a little bit of something because you've got to go out and stand there in the spotlight uh, for those moments and be the fantasy of what this guitarist is. And I think it helps if you're confident in yourself.
0: A I bit. think that's quite a brave choice. I think you're right. And, and you, your instinct was right. But it is brave to, to say, you know, when you feel like you're really close to getting something and you want to give them what they're asking for, but actually saying, just, you know, I think I've given you enough. Do you want me or not? is kind of the way to go. You, John, and
1: you live, we have moments, I'm exactly the same, of having those moments of imposter syndrome or kind of saying, can I call myself this or can I say I'm good enough for that? So it's great. I've had moments where something has just come up in me just to be like no i'm i'm good enough to do this for you so if you want it great which is it's amazing that you kind of just got the job that way around because everyone will tell you you just have to do it the kind of normal linear way through it and sometimes that's not the case
2: uh, yeah i think it helps if it comes from an authentic place mm-hmm. as well like i really was i didn't have the time to do it. I, it I was so behind i was like hey listen i'd really like to send you this but i haven't done it yet i'm just too tied up with other stuff i was genuinely like i can't do this. I think. You can probably get some way by faking it, but if you go in there like I don't audition, you know, da 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 da, that that gives the wrong message. But if it's like, look, you know, this is the situation. Just being real about it, being authentic, and not 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 trying to bullshit your way into things mm. helps, and it's a lot less stressful as well. If you tell someone what what you do and you're honest about it at the start, you're not going to show up to something and then be disappointed in you. Don't go around catfishing people. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, i'll be able to play the guitar I promise yeah
2: oh yeah i'm a big fan of segovia i've I, I learned all of his uh classical guitar pieces yeah yeah
1: so you play for the music you also play lead guitar for liv Austin. So tune to my left the famous liv Austin. the famous <laughs> liv Austin. how is it playing with the other half that's
2: a good question I it's hard not to just say it's great um I, I mean liv is super laid back as long as things are right <laughs> yep. um it, I really enjoy it like I enjoy the music I mean I'm in this sort of slightly unusual position perhaps of like the parts on the record that I have to learn are mine uh for the most case mm. so I have a bit of freedom but like because I mean we made the album like because we had a good working relationship so that just extends into the live you know the live stuff and um I like the band as well we put the band together with a few people that I know uh replacing like the, the previous lineup and um it's a really nice vibe you know when you get the get the right people in place and everyone's sort of like on the same page it's it's much easier so yeah i, know, I, re- I really enjoy it sometimes i feel sometimes i feel like it's live and john the live and john show a little bit which i'm quite wary of because you know live does so much work in her own right you know as a solo artist writing all these songs i think sometimes i get more credit than than i'd like because live's very generous and she's obviously you know quite supportive of me So like when we did the listening party for the album launch and you you had uh, all this, um, you know, produced by John Wright, guitars by John Wright, John did this, John did that. I was like, oh man, what about what Liv did? You know, Liv like co-produced the album. I don't want to turn this into like patting each other on the back session. But uh, yeah, sometimes I'm like, you know, Liv Liv deserves the credit.
0: It's interesting. Also, uh, I feel like we've had this when we've talked to people. Uh, especially based in Nashville and stuff, and I think it's uh, partly because it is very common, you know. Have to... you been
2: lucky enough to go to Nashville?
0: <laughs> I've been lucky enough to meet people from Nashville in London. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, when we we talk to to people who are kind of in that industry, in especially in the Americana sort of thing, and quite a lot of people do work with their partners, or if they have a producer who's not necessarily their partner, but if they have a producer, they write everything with their producer, and that's very common. Uh, and we don't actually do that much. You have one co-write on the album, but we don't really write much together, and people just assume no. you know, that, that you've written all the songs with me, for instance, which is not the worst thing in the world, but it's kind of like...
2: It's such a cliche, isn't it? Like the male guitarist and, yeah. the, and the female singer, and they're a couple, and uh, the assumption, I think, is often that the female singer is just a singer, mean, just a singer in inverted commas but yeah, I kind of feel like uh, I might maybe get credit for your music more than more than I should.
1: It's interesting, as an outsider, that's not kind of how it comes across to me. When I've been to gigs, it's very, it very much feels like it's Liv Austin supported by a really talented, you mm. know, kick-ass band. You know, it never comes across like that. I mean, it's always lovely when you guys have your moments. But I think you'll find that quite a lot, you know, even when I've been to see John Mayer um, in concert. You know, you can tell the people he has a really good rapport with because he'll go across the stage and play and, you know, rapport in that way. And you guys do the same. So it doesn't never feels too too much to me but i can totally understand like how that must feel you know to kind of make sure that you're you're not in the limelight as much as as live is sometimes but can we talk a little bit about the previous band you said you'd written an album before with a an previous band was that oh yeah quite a while ago when was that? yeah that
2: would have been 2013 2012 maybe maybe i mean probably probably it took like a year or two to to make the album yeah this is a band i found i think or they found me i auditioned I was auditioning back in those days <laughs> and uh yeah we we got on really well and uh i remember him saying uh alex was saying he's like you know what you weren't the best guitarist but we liked you like uh, as a bloke the other guy was really good but a bit of a dick we recorded now um, i didn't write any of the songs i wrote like maybe one or two of the songs or co-writes or whatever um but yeah we uh we this alternative rock kind of muse meets incubus uh the band was called abandoned mute and uh still friends with all the guys in it today like lovely lovely guys tiago and alex and leo they're all fantastic musicians
1: so what happens when a, a band kind of hits the end of the road or dissipates or whatever like what what is that feeling like as a musician is that kind of okay it's the end of that chapter on to the next or is, is it, there... it was
2: a massive anticlimax because i'd been working on this album for a long time i mean it was a really g- great experience doing it like i learned a lot about recording guitars and and arranging stuff and mixing and uh released this album and i was like yeah it's gonna be album you know guitar album of the year kind of thing and uh, it just it went nowhere like nobody was interested in it we did like a couple of small gigs and it it just sort of went poof it was interesting for about an hour and then, um, and then it just evaporated, did a couple of music videos, but we didn't know what we were doing really We didn't know we didn't have any management or label or anything like that so uh yeah, it was quite it was quite sad, quite disappointing a sort of a sense a sort of loss of identity a little bit because of, oh, I'm in abandoned mute, you know. I'm a guitarist and I'm you know, producing that, and then when you're not doing that anymore, it's like, oh, yeah, a bit rootless, and uh, yeah, but it wasn't like a sudden cutoff. I mean our drummer was he had some problems you know getting in and out of the u k he was originally from croatia, and uh singer was living in Bristol had moved back from back to Bristol from London, and it was just so hard to carry on, we had no money and um so that was it really
0: um yeah it must be quite heartbreaking because you you put so much into something and gigging you you believe in what you're doing you're working with great musicians and you're kind of identifying maybe with other bands and you think well we could be like that one day because where did they start you know and then when do you kind of give up on it uh, in inverted commas when do you kind of leave it rather
2: it was so funny because i i it wasn't my band i was, I was like the last guy to join they'd been they'd done loads of gigs and stuff before i came along and uh, i kind of like grabbed it grabbed a hold of it a little bit took ownership of it away from alex the singer for better or for worse really i don't know how else that could have gone but i was like we've got to do this let's get this done and like we got the album done we got it released and we got it we got it pressed up and um i don't know would i do it would i do it differently now i'd probably mix it a lot better It wouldn't be hi hats all over the place <laughs> maybe some fewer guitars and better vocals (laughs) it's a bit sad but it was such a great learning experience and i love those guys like i really love those guys it was one of those ones where you put session bands together it's like they're good they're good they're good it sounds like it should that band had some chemistry like there was actually some chemistry and the first time and last time i've ever really had that
0: it seems like it put you on the path of recording quite quite a lot more Mm. and and maybe mixing and yeah What do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions about being a professional musician? What do do you see that people kind of think it is versus what it is in reality?
2: You get people saying, oh, it's great to do what you love. must be so nice to do the thing you love the most because it's basically like a hobby, isn't it? And you get various levels of respect where some people think it's just a hobby. Oh, you just must be great to do to do your favorite thing all the time. But what nobody really uh, realizes is that your favorite thing then becomes your job. So now you have no favorite thing anymore. You have no hobby, at least. So you're like, oh, what do I do to relax? Oh, I go and play guitar or write a song. It's enjoyable. But then when that's your living, especially playing guitar, you don't want to do that. Like, I don't anyway. So I'm like, I, don't, I haven't had a hobby for years. There's an integration of your, of your work and your passion which is great. I think that's really good for you for your, in your life. But it, it takes away something as well. With change comes loss. Um, so I, uh, it's taken me a, quite a while to find something outside of music that I can be interested in. Otherwise it feels a bit one dimensional and a bit trapped.
0: What advice do you have if people are really into music? Uh, one particular instrument maybe and they want to work professionally as a musician. What is the best advice that you can give them? Well, how, can
2: how do they know that they want to be a professional musician? Like I don't know. I get, I get people asking me this guitarists find my website and they email me and say hey I, I want to um basically they say I want your job uh how can I get it and I, I generally reply to them and uh it's like I don't know just you've got to enjoy it you've you got to be good at it don't be a bullshitter work with people that you like and just get yourself out there and try and keep hold of your uh, your own stuff as as you do it rather than because it's it's tough I, I always I have so much uh well, it's kind of pity, really, for people doing auditions all the time, because you're like, "Do you like me?" No, happens like every week, and uh, that must be so hard. And you've got to get a bit of a thick skin. And I feel that that's something similar can happen as musicians. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, external validation required to be successful in your job, and I think it's quite important or quite helpful if you can separate that external validation from the internal uh, validation that you you're able to offer yourself well actually you know what I think I would have been good for that I don't mind if I didn't get that job that's not because I'm not good it's just a different choice I think having a bit of belief in yourself and the ability to kind of know yourself and and not connect your own self-worth to the the judgments that people make about you as a artist whatever it is you do
0: did you have a moment where you wanted to quit where you didn't want to do it anymore
2: when I got divorced and like a few aspects of my work were tied up in that relationship i lost them at the same time as i'd lost my i was like i'm going to do something else and i felt like i didn't have a a much work as a guitarist or things had just a bunch of things had just come to a conclusion and so on and i was like oh god what am i going to do and uh that's when i started to look into doing other sorts of training as a like counselor and that sort of thing but um it didn't take long for things to start picking up.
1: is Was there a moment that you can think of where as you came out of that you thought yeah no hell yeah I want to do this is, was there like a kind of defining moment that made it all worthwhile for you?
2: Uh, I don't know I don't recall there being a sp- particular moment where I, I thought oh that's all right I'm back you know it's all good I think I think I was just like to be honest there are lots of things in my life that was coming to an end at that point it was kind of like oh I might as well just kind of nuke it all and start again but then you know some gigs started to come in and Started doing some other work and it started to um, pick up a bit. And then I was like, "Oh, I'm doing this now." And and you know, developing an outside interest at that point became uh, quite helpful as well. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not the most exciting story of um, I was going to quit, and then someone picked, someone called me, and they convinced me not to. It's not really like that. It's just like, oh, maybe I won't give up just yet.
1: But that's that's so often the the reality, though, isn't it? My people always when I was when I've hit walls, like they've said you can only fail if you just stop doing it all together which i don't I, I also think it's okay to quit it's okay to say it's not for me anymore but also if you take yourself out of it then you are out of it so you know you might as well keep going if you're enjoying it and <laughs> find a partner who's a, a singer and then pair up and
2: yeah make good music together yeah. well, you know? that was the main reason right? <laughs> i was like i need to find another singer maybe one who like writes music so i can get my production career going <laughs>
0: exactly.
2: i'm yeah i'm really enjoying this conversation because like you're just listening to me and asking me questions about myself and I don't have to make any effort to ask you about you
0: it's great isn't it but it's coming to an end i'm I know. sorry <laughs> i don't want it to i know it's so lovely talking to you like this this is very this is very rare for me I, I was know. i
1: was actually so excited because i thought i do know about you and but not in this way not into kind of you know get into the details of how you went through everything but but what's been so interesting and what you said a, few, a couple of times is that putting yourself out there the more you do the like you created so much stuff yourself that's led to everything else that's then mm. happened which is like really if you were thinking of more advice to give to people that that is what I've as a listener taken from that is to just just do it find things that you can do like if you're good at the producing side do that as well because then you you know you're opening so many other channels as well so.
2: and doing doing what it is you really like I mean I literally will sit for hours reading articles about mixing and about drum recording and, and stuff like that because I really love it it's not like oh I want to do it but I'm not interested I'm like I oh, really I love that nitty-gritty researching that stuff and I think I think being passionate rather than thinking that's something you, I ought to do or oh, I should do more commercials or I should do a drama or you know you know what do you really enjoy
0: if people want to connect with you online john please when... don't
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: where can they find you
2: I think it's john Wright music on instagram john without an h j-o-n right and then uh, john is the website Brilliant. I've got a facebook page as well but no one ever uses that But go on instagram <laughs> go on instagram and yeah you are just see pictures of me playing guitar, probably, or things with knobs. uh <laughs> Let me rephrase.
0: Yeah, no, that's, a great, <laughs> that's um, We a can great. end on that
1: one. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> In next week's episode, we speak to ballet dancer and yoga instructor Emily Hughes about what life's like coming out of ballet school and finding inspiration
0: in a slightly new career later on. Don't forget to subscribe to My Amazing Mess so you always get the latest episode from us. Everyone been for a pee? I've been for a pee. Okay everyone done a poo
1: and a wee hi everyone it's laura here while you're waiting for the next my amazing mess episode to come out why don't you check in with another podcast that we love our stories podcast if you're interested in country music this is really one for you our stories hosted by journalist adrena austin is an inclusive celebration of the diverse people sounds and stories of country music she has some fantastic chats available already with jimmy allen trixie mattel and stella parton to name just a few <laughs>